Somebody else bring us in this week. Becky. Come on, voice. Are we ready? Cone, cone, we the voices. I knew they'd come crawling back. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Black Law and Legalize. Legalize. Thank you, thank you for joining us. You are listening to the lovely voice of Afro Becky. Becky. I am joined by. I'm David Ruffin, and these are the Temptations. <laughs> My name is Dan. Keep up with me on IG and on Twitter at I am Dan on Drugs. Keep up with the show, Black Law and Legalize, across all social media platforms, as well as on YouTube at Black Law Podcast. Yep, and I'm just Dan, and you can follow me on Twitter. You can also ask me questions there. I do answer. Man. Oh, at I Tell Legalize. Yeah. Speaking of questions, why the hell do most cities have police departments, but we are using the sheriffs for law enforcement down here? No, we don't. Yeah. We, in in New Orleans. Well, y'all have the NOPD, New Orleans Police Department. Correct. But where I live, they use the county sheriffs. No, we have parishes. Same thing. But I'm saying that so other people outside of Louisiana understand. Well, we also have parishes. I mean, cool. I mean, we also have sheriffs. We have a sheriff's department in the st- in the city of New Orleans. We right, have, but they we don't, have parish sheriffs. They don't handle the law enforcement. Like back they actually, home, we had they handle police and, and the sheriffs. The sheriffs handled the court shit, like the transporting criminals. Well, that's what our sheriffs do. Right. So right. why the hell is Jefferson Parish governed? Their their laws are enforced by the sheriff's department. Okay, so. There are different police forces. So Kenner has, which is a part of Jefferson Parish, Kenner has its own police force. They're a city, though. They're correct, right? And then there's parish sheriffs. So not only can Kenner arrest you, Jefferson Parish sheriffs can arrest you as well. They serve a dual role. But why where I live? I dial nine one one. I need the police mm. deputy. Uh, Roll up. Yeah, I, you get pulled over. Traffic, traffic violation. Deputy? That never happens. But if so, sure. All right. So Virginia, we don't have a police department. So some um, name a city in Virginia. Uh, Alexandria, Virginia. So they Alexandria have their own police department. They Fairfax do? County has their own police department. Arlington has their own police department. Uh, D.C. has their own police department. P.G. County, they mm-hmm. got their own police department. Uh, where else? Woodbridge, they got their own. So police. maybe like our sheriffs, they do a role. They they handle the jails as well as they can arrest you. But why? Why mm-hmm. don't why? where I live have a police department? As in what? Metairie? Metairie, uh, most of Jefferson Parish, unless you're an incorporated city such as Gretna, Arahan, uh, Kenner, we don't have police departments. Right. Listen to what you just said. Mm-hmm. So met the Metairie metropolitan area, right? Man, don't be trying to make my little my little area seem bigger than what it is. The, the Metairie metropolitan. The Metairie metropolitan area is so small it doesn't need a police department. So, we have but three- yeah, Harahan has its own police department. Yep. They got eight people in Harahan. <laughs> and so does Kinder. And, and so does Gretna. And so does, I mean. Our population is like four times that of the city of New Orleans. All I know is. That shit just makes no, me. Y'all have, y'all, have, y'all have a lot of people in Metairie. Y'all, no, y'all I'm know. talking about Jefferson Parish. Oh. It's like two, 
two plus million people. Yeah, but then you you think about it. Each little enclave has a police force. So Kinder has its police. Gretna has its police. Marrero doesn't have a police department. That's, but Jefferson that, Parrot, but they... So I guess if you think about it, it's a, um, it would be a financial as well as political decision. You know, if you if if you are unincorporated, if you're if you are living in unincorporated Jefferson Parish, you need to have your own police report, police force. See, I don't trust that shit because <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I Googled it. But like, what don't you trust? Month, I, don't, I don't trust Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office. I well, don't, why would you trust a city police? Because it just sounds more <laughs> authoritative, you know what I'm really? saying? And really? sheriff, sheriff, don't sound authoritative. Nah, sound like some old Yosemite Sam bullshit, man. <laughs> like who shot the sheriff? Oh, she yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt, <laughs> no, no, no doubt. She just, she just proved it. No uh, doubt about it. Mm. So Jefferson Parish this this year. Uh, Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office is an outlier on body cams as criticism swirls around mm. deadly force. Mm. Yep. They still refuse to wear body cams. Body cams. That's correct. It will cost them nothing. Zero. Correct. Because the federal government will pay for it. That is correct. But Jefferson Parish say they, you know what? They kick too much ass to and have body cams See, period we start I, I was started off joking talking about i don't trust them but seriously um in reading this articles on mm-hmm. nola.com mm-hmm. it's like the demands for them to wear body cams is seeped in for mistrust years let me tell you something and for fear. years for years they have been trying to get jefferson parish sheriffs to wear body cams and for years they have said that they will not do it uh two what was it Two days after George Floyd's death, mm-hmm. uh, there was somebody that was shot and killed in Jefferson Parish. Mm-hmm. And, of course, no body cam footage, mm-hmm. nothing, man. Mm-hmm. So about a third of the munis- municipalities police department <laughs> had them, ha- have had body cam since 2013. Yep. New Orleans Police Department rolled them out in 2014. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Ronald's. Ronald Surpass. What about Ronald Surpass? Lord Jesus. Get over Ronald Surpass. But you know what? This is is actually a good lead in to what we're going to talk about. I know. I did it on purpose. No, you didn't. Because you're talking about, you know, sheriff's offices versus city police and X, Y, and Z. And our next topic that we're going to talk about is jurisdiction. So, I mean, that was definitely a good lead in. Yeah. So, there used to be this thing as far as jurisdictions are concerned, All right? right? Hold so at the top of the show, uh, I was talking about D.C., right? Mm-hmm. D.C., Maryland, Virginia, mm-hmm. P.G. County, Alexandria, Virginia, all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. So we used to have this thing where if you do a crime in P.G. County and you can get across the Woodrow Wilson Bridge <laughs> fast enough to where you are back in Virginia <laughs> or you, you go out to D.C., you're good. The police can't fuck with you because they'd be out of their jurisdiction. Oh, you that, know, that used you to know, be the the. You know, that's urban a lie, legend. right? Because you know that, and that urban legend has persisted till this day. To people, this day, people people still believe that like you commit a crime 
say Jefferson Parish, all you have to do is get over the parish line and you good. Yeah. Mm. They they still believe that. They but, still believe I mean, that. think about it though. It, it don't, not looking at it from a law perspective or even a law enforcement perspective. It sounds legit. But then, How? you know, let me tell you. So, cause, but as we know, and as you should know, because, you know, you're denizens of black law and legal lies, there are exceptions to everything, everything. So, I mean, when you talk about hot pursuit, that that's an exception to jurisdiction. But most of the times what um, if someone is pursuing you, what they will do is call in to the jurisdiction that you just entered and they will start pursuing you as well. So, right. and then there are things, there's a thing called extradition. But you get taken back to where you <laughs> right. came from. But there, there's this. a legal procedure to take you back to where you came from. Now this is where jurisdictions might come in handy. If you're being, um, if you're again, pursuit, right? So we crossed that Woodrow Wilson bridge. Maryland uh, state troopers are behind me, right? Mm -hmm. I know I'm going into Virginia. So I'm like, and I'm looking at them in my rear view and they still following, right? (laughs) But Virginia has a law that says once a a pursuit exceeds a certain number miles per hour, 80 miles per hour, Mm -hmm. you by state law, being law enforcement, have to stop the pursuit because right. what you're doing you is you're putting other people mm-hmm. at danger. So Maryland Correct. doesn't have that law, right? So they can pursue me for 24 hours as fast or slow as I want to go. But in Virginia, I know that they can't pursue me above this mile, miles per so hour. So basically you go go 90. That's right. And just, just We're going to go 88 miles you, per hour. You, you go just go ahead ham so they, it can work in your favor if, if you have multiple jurisdictions Hell no it can't work it because if, the if they catch if they catch your don't ass catch then you done don't let them catch but they gotta catch him first <laughs> yeah so let's talk about jurisdiction in in the legal sense and when we when we say jurisdiction we mean area territory as we just talked about you know virginia maryland those are jurisdictions but we also mean power to act basically that's authority and exactly in in layman's terms that's what jurisdiction in a courtroom sense in a in a legal sense that's what it means having the power to act or as becky said authority so jurisdiction is actually broken down into categories right so you have what's called uh personal jurisdiction right so that and is then, inside my home that's my no. personal jurisdiction but let, let me finish let me get this out Man, before you have questions let, before you just throw all this shit out there all right so personal jurisdiction and then what's called subject matter jurisdiction right so those are my rhymes oh all right so when we talk about personal jurisdiction you can further break personal jurisdiction down into categories. So let's cover that first. So you said your personal jurisdiction is your home. My home. Right? That's, that's right. Your, that's your personal jurisdiction. Personal jurisdiction, my home and my car. And my, uh, what was the other jurisdiction? 
subject matter. Subject matter. That was my rhymes, my uh, my business plans, and all that kind of stuff. They they basically they like copyrights. Oh, so really? are you talking like intellectual property? Yeah, exactly. That is <laughs> under his, my jurisdiction. That's his jurisdiction. <laughs> all right. Lord. So personal. Becky. Wait, Becky. All right. Oh, Wait, right. Becky. Right. That's we right. Got, we got I a forgot. Becky on the show. I forgot. Okay. But jurisdiction. What is what do you think personal jurisdiction means? I don't want to guess. Please. No. Feel free. Just say stuff. That's what I do all That's the time. That's what Dan does. Usually all the flies time. over pretty well. I noticed how it goes with you. And um I kind of don't want to repeat that. I'd rather keep it at the level of edutainment. Mm. Um Well, you'll be the entertainment part. The tainment. Mm. He's the tainment. He is. So you be tainment part two. <laughs> um personal jurisdiction. Yes. Um the authority you have you can beat your personally. kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is over over certain things think your legal rights i guess i don't know you're on the right track so personal so juris- you can beat your kids right your Shut kids up, are man. your personal jurisdiction no they are not they're not your property either this is not the middle ages shit so anyway so personal <laughs> jurisdiction is basically the ability of the court to hear a case involving a particular person. So meaning your body. So when, when we talk about jurisdiction, as we said, we talk about the authority of the power of the court, right? So personal, personal jurisdiction is the court's authority or power over you, over your person. And so that sort of means not just your person, it can mean your property too. So personal jurisdiction is further broken down into in personum, which means you in particular, your person, um, in rem, which means. That means you have passed away. No. And it's like in remembrance. No, no. In rem, I-N-R-E-M means property, a mm-hmm. thing, Same your thing. property. Yeah. <laughs> whether it be personal your rhyme book wait what your rhyme book well that that yeah because that's property yeah yeah absolutely you're absolutely right and then quasi in rim so that means well we'll get into what that means that's like a joint custody type of situation mm. oh mm. so i have joint custody of your rhyme book yeah like oh. maybe we both be writing rhymes in the book <laughs> All right, so uh, something something to know about personal jurisdiction. You can waive personal jurisdiction. So so let me let me back up a little bit. So let's say that I want to sue you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Right, and you live in Jefferson Parish, right? Mm-hmm. And I live in Orleans Parish. And I am trying to sue you in Orleans Parish Court. Good luck. So I need you to come to Orleans Parish Court. Never going to happen. To answer this particular suit. So does the court have jurisdiction over you? 
Hell no. Your person. Hell no. Well, well, two ways that the court can have jurisdiction over your person, right? One is get rich or die no. trying. One is you maybe they don't, but you waive that jurisdiction so you appear in court of your own volition. Never gonna happen. Right. Two is you have enough contacts with the parish with Orleans Parish. Okay, that, so I got a business that you there. are you are subject to Orleans Parish jurisdiction, right? So you may have a business there, or you my may work there, care. or you like yeah. you have a right. You have enough contact with that parish that the court actually has authority over your person, right? So as I said, you can either waive it. Y'all don't have authority over me, but I'm giving it to y'all. Or I have enough contacts with this parish. Okay, you don't have authority over me, right? Mm-hmm. And then I show up. Mm-hmm. Now you do have authority. Because you just waived. So, right. Okay, me. Man, I don't like this shit. Uh-uh. I ain't coming back. So second Now you're in trouble. Day. Now you're in trouble. Because once you've actually waived. You can't unwaive it? <laughs> Correct. It's not like I'd be Man. like, oops, I'm sorry. Redo. <laughs> I changed my Reboot. mind, y'all. No, once you've waived. That jurisdiction or that lack, the lack of jurisdiction, once you've waived it, you can't go back. Because what happens is normally if somebody sends you something, you basically plead lack of jurisdiction, right? That's a way to defeat the lawsuit, lack of jurisdiction. So, but you have to plead that. You actually say this needs to be dismissed because you don't have jurisdiction. But, but don't, don't you, you have to be there? To yeah, do that's that? what I was about to say. Like, you, don't you have you, to go to court to plead that? Right, but that you're filing this to say like into the mic. Oh, you're filing this to say your appearance there is to object. Right, you don't have jurisdiction. If you don't do anything and the court finds that you do have jurisdiction, then we go back to you might be in trouble. Because I remember saying one time that if you don't. You know, somebody sues you and you don't answer, they can get a judgment against you because the assumption is, okay, especially if you re- if they have service receipt saying that you received the documentation. Yeah, when they send them bozos <laughs> out to your you house. Know, so then you don't answer and the court finds on its face that I actually have a valid, that jurisdiction is good. I have a valid claim. Bam. We talking judgments, you know, they go, they go enter a judgment. And then once I get a money judgment against you, now I can put a lien on your house. I can garnish your wage. Even though the house ain't in the jurisdiction. Right. So wait, let's back this up. Right. So you serving, serving lawsuits, right? Right. I'm, I'm filing lawsuits and getting them served. That's right. Say the person you cannot serve them. Mm -hmm. Say they done seen this trick one too many times <laughs> on the cameras and right. they're like, uh-uh, ain't going to happen again. Right. So, boom, try to serve them at home. No response. Try to serve them at work. No response. Try to serve them at the gym. No response. Like, you cannot serve this. This person is unservable. The law has a trick for that. Which is? Which is have the court to appoint an attorney to represent that person, the unservable and, person, and that person and that person's interest. You know what? I think I don't remember if I I said this 
on a um on a show where we talked about getting divorces and what if you can't serve the spouse that you're trying to divorce? I don't know if I said it, but I'll repeat it. I may have said it, but I'll repeat it. So basically, if you have a defendant that that is impossible for you to find and or impossible for you to serve, as I said, courts are pretty people are pretty smart. The law has a mechanism for that. So what you would basically do, you have a defendant in absentia, right? Mm-hmm. And you would ask the court to appoint an attorney to basically preserve their interest. So that's who you serve. That's who will show up. And that's who you would basically fight against. This attorney that the court has appointed. And um, so that's how I got found guilty in absentia for my reckless driving shit. Because mm-hmm. I ain't show up to court. But I was guilty in absentia. Correct. You didn't. You didn't show up to court. So basically, your your lack of answering. See, that goes back to ju- getting judgments well, when you they don't answer. Serve me either because see? I exactly. moved to Louisiana in the middle of exactly right. So I can't. I can't. I can't get in contact with you. You don't show up because at the point where you got you got that ticket or whatever, you were subject to their jurisdiction, and you didn't show up. And they tell you, you know, you don't show up to plead innocent or guilty. Guess what happens? Now, what about that's the, basically an omission of a, guilt. What about the jury duty type situation when they can't serve you no more because you're too slick? Is, so what? Is what it, happens? You tell me. So if they, so if you never get served, they don't. They never have proof that you know you actually received the notice. There's not a lot that they can do. So, so that's just like when they put stuff in the mail, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it never got to you. So basically, if you have a history of police officers coming to your house <laughs> to serve you jury duty, do not answer the door. Nobody, anybody, everybody, just stay back. Stay back. Don't let them see you. So you need to get a front door camera so you know. What if you put a sign on your door that I says... Yo, if you if you solicit in some court papers, you are trespassing and we don't want man, you here. You stupid, man. All right. So your personal jurisdiction is your body. Right. They and, have, as I said, they have jurisdiction over you, particularly because you live in the city or you have area. you have enough contacts with mm-hmm. that particular place in order to give them authority over you. Well, that see that seems like that can be a little uh subjective yeah now now if you it wait is it subjective if you own a business in that in that parish is it subjective if you own a business in that state let's let's take it out of the parish let's take it out of the state so say i am i live in the state of louisiana but i'm trying to sue somebody who lives in california right and i want to sue them in the state of Louisiana. Okay. Off top, you know, at first glance, you would think, oh, they don't have jurisdiction, personal jurisdiction over that person. But that person owns a business in Orleans Parish. They actually own a house as well in Orleans Parish. And they frequently come down for Mardi Gras and this and that and the other. So when you start putting that stuff together, 
guess what? I think you have enough contact with the state of Louisiana and the parish of Orleans for the court to actually exert personal jurisdiction over you. See, I think it should depend on the type of suit, too. See, that's subject matter. We get into that. Okay, I'm just saying, because... Like the last time someone tried to serve me with child support, I'm like, <laughs> wait, bitch, wait, I don't live here, bitch. Hold, hold, I don't live here no more. Up. Hold wait. up. Wait. Man, you don't remember that? You don't remember that? You you remember? It was for a dog. It was for a dog. No, it was not. Oh, it, it was? No. Wait, child support for a dog? Yeah, yeah, dog support. That's what I meant to say, y'all. Wait, I meant to say, ain't that dog? what I said? I thought I said dog support. Nah, so if somebody is trying to serve you child support, let's say y'all both lived in Orleans at one point, then Mm -hmm. let's say the father moves to Jefferson Mm -hmm. and doesn't have a business, doesn't work in Orleans. He he's so the court kicks it back or will the court kick it back? Mm -hmm. It won't. won't. Come on, let's jurisdict this shit. So here here's where. So where's the mother and the child now? Orleans. All right. So. Orleans Parish has jurisdiction over that, right? And because you have reasonable contacts with Orleans Parish, because guess where your child lives, mm-hmm. right? I have subject, I have personal jurisdiction over you too. All I gotta do is serve your ass. Come on in the court. That's just how. That's how people think about this. My cousin often gets hit with um child support papers from the state of texas because guess where he has children at Hmm. the state of texas man so for all like let's say we're trying to help the deadbeat fathers out here right how do we wait guess what i don't help deadbeats sorry moving on most of the people you know are deadbeats (laughs) you're right i'm looking at one right now so no i'm saying how can you avoid getting served is you is you high? Not yet. Apparently you like, are as high as Becky, because I ain't about to tell people how to avoid being served. So, ladies and gentlemen, there is a way. There is a way. Only trick I know. Die. Nah, is keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. And I, I moved back and forth, back and forth. And all moving consisted of was me changing my address. Once again, well, there's a way around that. See, that's what I'm saying. You actually let, let's use that as a as a real example because okay. that is how I got out of some shit. I was a teenager. Like my father lived in one city, my mother lived in the other. Mm-hmm. I was going through the courts, some court shit. So midway, right before my first court appearance, I changed my address to my father's house. So my court appointed attorney was like, "Yo." We got to dismiss this and send send the case to the Stafford County or whatever, wherever he lived. Mm-hmm. So, boom, they transferred the case. I transferred my address right back to my mama house. Same situation. So rather than kicking it back, they just dropped the shit. Correct. Because, as I said, there's personal jurisdiction, subject matter jurisdiction. But let's finish personal. So we said your person. Right. Jurisdiction over your person. Mm-hmm. And that's because you, you know, you have enough contacts with that particular place, you know, to subject you to their authority. Then we talked about in rim, meaning property. property. Right. Real or personal. Real property. That means real estate. Right. Like 
anything that's in the ground or something on the ground. Personal property, like your car, right? Your book of rhymes, anything movable. All right. So if a court has jurisdiction over that particular thing, it can kind of drag you in it because you own this thing. So say, say you live in DC, Mm -hmm. but you own a house in Louisiana, Mm -hmm. right? You have, you have an interest in property in Louisiana and somebody files a lawsuit in revolving around in regards to that property. I just pulled you in to this jurisdiction based on the property that you own here, right? Mm -hmm. Because this property is in my state and my city and my parish. I have jurisdiction over it. So roundabout, I have jurisdiction over you because you have an interest in it. So you would want to come see about what's going on in relation to that property, right? See, that's not real hip hop though. What you mean? That's not real hip hop. That's not real hip hop. Old school, son. Old school is you don't let nobody tell you what to do. <laughs> nobody got jurisdiction <laughs> over you. So can you uh, can you fight that type of jurisdiction? Like, let's say I'm I'm in D.C. on a house in Louisiana, renting it out to some crackheads. Right? They done built a meth lab and blew some shit up, mm-hmm. and the neighbor is trying to sue me. Right? Mm-hmm. They filed a lawsuit, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Man, oh, I really don't want to go to Louisiana because fuck that place. So uh, I'm just not going to respond. So then they can do the where they appoint my lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Can I send somebody in my place? You, you, you can, um, you can hire a lawyer in my you, place, and I can, don't have to go. You can hire a lawyer, and and in some instances, I've actually seen courts allow the um the party not to show up as long as your lawyer shows up. And your lawyer represents you and, you know, it's not anything that you have to provide testimony or somebody wants to depose you or whatever, whatever. And even if they want to depose you, they may be able to depose you in the state of California. You know, things like that. The court will work with you, but that property is subject to the court's jurisdiction. So anything having to do with it can be brought into whatever parish or city wherever that um property lies man and speaking of have, sending somebody else your lawyer right mm-hmm. that's how paul got out of a ticket a reckless driving ticket in rapides parish i don't even know where the fuck that is really but he was out there chase chasing some something mm, farm some animals or something they chasing some broad and he ended up going back to dc and he called a lawyer in or around that area it was like yo go handle this for me mm-hmm. so yeah. paid the lawyer 350 dollars to go turn his reckless driving into a non-moving violation don't get another ticket for a year and we'll right. wipe it yeah i'm like what how come you never tell me about that shit i didn't know you could do that that that's i mean oh, this is way prior to black yeah. law legalized yeah this was when he, i got my reckless but he got his before me, so he knew the game. I think Virginia actually has a, a, a um, related law. Yeah, it's like a um, but you know that law that allows him to do that. Most a lot of people do it for tickets, but you can do it in for other 
criminal acts as well. So, all right. So now let's get into what's it? Subject, subject, subject matter. matter. All right. Child subject support. Uh, that's a subject matter. Right. Um, real estate. That's a subject matter. Tax. That's a subject matter. So certain. So there are, there are courts of limited jurisdiction, right? So you just mentioned, so like family court, mm-hmm. family court is actually going to only be able to hear family court related subjects. So, you know, child support, they would be able to hear divorce unless there is a, a court specifically designated for divorce. Yeah, so, there is. Um, so say Judge Mabel. Shut up. Taxes. Divorce. Court. The, <laughs> the U.S. tax court is a court of limited subject matter jurisdiction. It is only allowed to hear the subject of tax-related matters. Like, you can't go into U.S. tax court and try to get a divorce. <laughs> you know, they don't have, they don't have subject matter. So it is exactly how it is, how it sounds. If that particular matter, if you have authority over that particular matter, then you have jurisdiction, right? So like I said, there are courts of limited jurisdiction or so we mentioned court like tax court. We mentioned so bankruptcy actually is a court of limited subject matter jurisdiction. And it is a court that only federal court handles. There is no state bankruptcy court. And federal court, ladies and gentlemen, um, for those of you who weren't paying attention when we did this episode uh, a while ago, doesn't necessarily mean Washington, D.C. Just wanted to say that. Because a lot, a lot of people think when they hear when they federal, federal court, they, they think, think the federal Supreme, government they and think the Supreme Court. Yeah, they think, but, but no, there, there's a federal court in every state, most states, every city too. Yeah, in in a lot of cities, most states there because the federal government actually um, breaks the country up into districts. So every district has federal courts in them. So you want to know the most famous federal court? Supreme Court. No. Most famous federal courthouse. Supreme Court. No. Southern District. Of D.C.? Of Louisiana. Why? New York. Oh, yeah. Why? New York. Because uh, that's where they're going to body Trump, son. <laughs> they're going to body Trump there. Uh, anyway, so like we said, so subject matter, a particular subject. So in order for um, when when lawyers type up pleadings we specifically say the court has jurisdiction over this matter because and we list shit why you have jurisdiction over this particular person why you have jurisdiction over this particular subject Mm -hmm. you know just we you have to specifically tell the court why the court has jurisdiction that is why i said earlier that you can say you can object to that. You can say, "Nerp, you don't have subject matter jurisdiction," or "Nerp, you don't have jurisdiction over me." Yerp, nerp, yerp. You can do that. Okay, so you do that, right? Mm-hmm. And then the court says, "Bitch, yes, we do." <laughs> right. And then you just you did just, you waive 
that that well, I guess there's nothing to waive if they do have jurisdiction, right? Hmm. You're so right. Then it's on and popping. Ain't nothing yep. else you can then, do. Then then either you it's either you in or you out, man. So like I said, that's something the lack jurisdiction or the lack thereof. That's something that you have to plead with specificity. I like that word. Okay. So subject matter. Um, I I talked about limited subject matter jurisdiction. Now I'm going to talk about general. State courts have general jurisdiction over state law, right? Things in their purview. Um, um, federal courts, as as we said earlier, have limited jurisdiction. So you know, I said um, I talked about trying to sue somebody that doesn't live in your state. Like I live in Louisiana and I'm mm-hmm. suing somebody in they got property California. In well, no, say they don't. All right. Let's talk. Let's say they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't have, they, they've never had anything to do with the state of Louisiana, but they live in California. How would you sue them? But where would you sue them? Uh, I would say in maybe federal court. Yes, that is correct. Right. What else? But what what else is needed? You're absolutely right. So you can't sue someone from out of state if they have no ties to the state. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we talked about personal jurisdiction, subject matter. But if they have absolutely no ties to the state of Louisiana, you have to sue them in federal court because that's we talked about federal courts being courts of limited jurisdiction. That's a part of their jurisdiction. Suits between people, persons of different states. Mm -hmm. The caveat is you have to be from different states and the amount of kind of like the whole idea behind being from two different states. The the amount of money involved has to be seventy five thousand or more. Right. Right. Because under that, you're looking you're talking a civil suit. And you're still talking a civil man, suit. Let me but. finish, man. Come on. I'm a well-researched. Uh, you're talking a civil suit here. And if you go do that pro se and represent yourself, oh, the amount of money has to be under $500. And it is basically small claims court, but on a larger scale. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know what, though? He mentioned small claims court. Small claim court are courts of limited subject matter jurisdiction. They they are only you. He's right. You can only bring certain kinds of suits mm-hmm. in small claims courts, like traffic courts as well. Courts of limited subject matter jurisdiction. You can only bring things related to traffic. Now these TV shows, right? That's mm-hmm. the equivalent of small claims, right? Like the Judge Judy's and the right. Well, almost pretty, but but. For the most part, pretty much. And then you do something. Let me show you what we talked about waiving jurisdiction. So you subject yourself. In order to appear on this TV show. Correct. You'll waive jurisdiction. Because they may not necessarily have jurisdiction over you, but you give them the right to do so. Now, my my next question was going to be, are they real fucking judges in real court? They are. And the thing is, we talked that you... You heard me say several times that you can waive personal jurisdiction. You cannot waive subject matter jurisdiction. 
if a court does not have authority over that subject matter, you as a litigant cannot waive the court's lack of authority over a subject. Hmm. Cannot do that. But you can rework some shit in order to get, let's Maybe say, to try to make the court right. have subject matter jurisdiction. Now, I can see that being beneficial, though, right? Let's say I want to sue you for some shit that I really technically can't sue you for, but I sue you for, let's just call it Act B instead of Act A. I sue you for Act B. You get found guilty, right? Then I turn around and go back to court with this guilty judgment from a another court, another subject matter court, and be like, look, Jan, Jan, they was found guilty of breaking the windows out my car or something. At, uh, you know what? That almost sounds like supplemental jurisdiction. Yeah, that's what, what I was getting at. Yeah, that yeah. that um, almost sounds like supplemental jurisdiction. So what supplemental jurisdiction is, um, oh, and this is something. Th- th- this is what I was thinking of. Um, as I was saying that is, you know how you have something that gets stolen, right? Mm-hmm. You need to report it to your insurance company or whatever you need to do. The first thing they ask you for is Did you a, file police a police report? report, right? So then it's like, okay, that, you know, you call the police, you get your police report, turn around and give it. And then they're like, okay, yeah, we'll accept this or whatever. So that's what I was thinking about, but kind of court wise, which is I want to sue you for this, but in order to be able to you need to be found guilty of something else first. So like I said, it it almost kind of sounds like supplemental jurisdiction. So in federal court, you know, federal courts don't necessarily have purview over state law things, right? But if you are in federal court um, and the case that you have in federal court is related to the claim um, that the court doesn't have independent jurisdiction over, they can use that theory of supplemental jurisdiction. You know, the law gives them supplemental jurisdiction and they can decide it all. Hmm. So, I mean, that's just one way that the law works that you, that you don't basically have to go like, okay, I got to go to federal court for this. I got to go to state court for this. And I got to, you know, small king codes for this. And then, if it's all related, then supplemental jurisdiction will give you authority to decide that as well. Now, can you fight that as a defendant? You could try. Be Absolutely. Like, nah, I disagree. I want to yeah. make this as hard as possible. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, something else about uh, subject matter jurisdiction. Um, there is... This theory in the law called standing, right? Mm-hmm. And what stand? All right, let's let's see, let's see. Standing, what standing? I can't wait to hear this. It's going to be one of two things. One, it's either okay after you pull out your gun and shoot somebody, it is the ground underneath your feet. <laughs> you are standing your ground, but no, standing is. Let's see. Now, there's a there's a few different even legal definitions for standing, so I'm gonna need a little more information here. Really? There's a few yeah. legal definitions. You can be in good standing with the bar. You might not be. Now we're we're talking about standing as it relates to bringing suit. 
standing. Okay, that means it's like an open invitation. So basically, it's like I'm sending this. Let's picture court as a party, okay? I'm sending this invitation with the sheriff to your house, mm-hmm. and it is a standing invitation. That means when you get it, you better you better come come to the party. Okay, you Becky? know what, Becky? I'm pretty sure I got it, but go ahead. <laughs> um, th- I think those are pretty good, you know, guesses. But um, oh, I'm she kinda... got the answer, huh? You got the answer. Go ahead. No, no, I have a guess as well. Um, maybe it's kind of like precedent or like a standard, like this is normal type of situation when it comes to court. Hmm. I really don't understand what the hell she said, but let me. We need to actually do something about the precedent too. Let me. Oh, true. That's write that down as something else. So standing is actually your ability to bring suit. You know, we talked about the court having authority over you. We talked about the court having authority over property. You know, we talked about the court having authority over the subject of the suit. Standing is your actual, you personally, your ability or capacity to bring the lawsuit. So let's say that, um, if you are mentally ill or mentally no. deficient. Let's say, let's say you shot me. Cool. Right? Job well done. And I want to I have the ability to sue you for harm to my person, right? Because you shot me. Mm-hmm. My mother does not have the ability to file suit against you because you shot me. But what if she had power of attorney and also uh Basically, you was mentally ill. And- <laughs> See, that's 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 a different scenario. We're just talking about. So I'm walking down the street, walking my dog, minding my business, and oh yeah, the dog gonna get it too. <laughs> pat, pat. And, and you pass by, and you was shooting out the window, and you shot me. Mm-hmm. And nobody's around. Nobody's nobody's around. Did you see me shoot you? I saw you shoot me. Nobody's around except the neighbor across the street who actually identified your car and got with a police sketch artist and the police sketch artist drew you. This damn show didn't happen in New Orleans, Dan. Straight up. You did it. So now you're going to jail because you didn't assaulted me with a deadly weapon, mm-hmm. tempted murder, all this other stuff. But say I know that you have a bit of money, too, and I want to stick it to your pockets and I want to bring a civil suit against you. Okay. Well, my mother was not the one that was injured. But if my mother went in the court and tried to sue you because you injured me, she get laughed out of the court. She doesn't have standing. She doesn't have capacity because she didn't she was not the one that was injured, right? She's not the one who suffered. So, you know, I might bring civil suit for pain and suffering, loss of work, you know, all this other stuff. My mama tries to do that. She's right because so, she's not the one that went through all of that. All right, look at this, right? So I get sent to jail. All right, you sue me, you get a, a judgment. All right, now this is when I really go to work because I'm meeting with the prison house lawyers, <laughs> and what we found out, we realized is that your neighbor who ID'd me has ten eight vision in his eyes. Okay, 
And so he had his wait, glasses wait, on. Wait. And my dash cam picked up that he didn't have his glasses on. See, but of course, I can't actually submit that as evidence, right? Because that would show that I was in the area. But, you know, <laughs> me and my prison house lawyers, right? Uh-huh. So he didn't have his glasses on, okay? And we found out that he was on all kinds of prescription weed medication, right? <laughs> For the glaucoma in his eyes that's fucked up, right? <laughs> so, boom. We shoot the, during the appeal, we crush this witness. Me and my, my jailhouse buddies crush him to where. How y'all crush him? Man. Because on appeal, you couldn't even bring that shit up. You would have to bring that up in the actual case. Okay, well, we do that. <laughs> and then, boom, the verdict's overturned, right? Because we appealed to it, right? Do I get my civil monies back? So, here's the thing. Like, let's say with OJ. OJ, let's say OJ went to court and well, look, they found look, him guilty. Look, you know, so the standard's totally different because OJ was acquitted. Right. So, but what I'm saying and is, civilly, let's, let's say he was guilty mm-hmm. and then he appealed, verdict overturned, he's free, but he still has that civil judgment. Right. Because so that the doesn't standard, get overturned. Because the standard is different. You can't appeal a civil judgment. So you can appeal a civil judgment. And I believe OJ did appeal. And on appeal, he lost too. But the standard is totally different. As we know, you know, if you've been listening to us for fairly. Let me explain. Mm -hmm. So there is not the reasonable man standard, but during a criminal trial versus a uh, civil civil trial. Mm -hmm. So in the civil trial, it's not beyond reasonable doubt. Correct. It is. Yeah, I kind of think you did this shit. Started with the P. Yeah. Preponderance of oh, the Oh, the preponderance of the evidence. Yeah, Correct. that too. Yeah. Yeah. I so, ain't want to use gang language on here. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was that. That's actually the um the difference. So beyond a reasonable doubt is a very high standard. Preponderance of the evidence is more likely than not. So. Mm-hmm. Is it more likely than not that this is a person that shot me and caused me all this pain? And yes. So. But I would get up in the courtroom because I have the right to be there in a civil suit. Right. You you suing me for shooting you, even though I said I ain't shoot you. Right. See, this is where, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you a law clinic right here. I would jump up out of my seat and I'll be like, y'all playing with my life. Y'all playing with my life. Y'all trying to kill me. Y'all trying to kill kill my soul. You know what, R. Kelly? You and know then what? Boom. Just that performance right there. <laughs> nah, I'll be out of there. Nah. All right. So while we're talking about jurisdiction, let me um just throw some stuff out here about the federal government. And you know, we've talked in in prior, and I'm sure we'll talk about them again. We're talking about we we've talked about hate crimes and federal laws related to hate crime. So how is it possible if, since we know that federal courts and things of that nature are courts of limited jurisdiction, as far as subject matter is concerned, how is it possible that something happens in the state of Louisiana, as far as a hate crime is concerned and the federal government can prosecute? You broke, under you under broke, federal law. You broke federal law. See, there's a difference, though. There is something. You ever heard of um, the Commerce Clause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's pretty much where uh, it's kind of like when you fill out your income taxes, right? Like, okay. You fill out your income taxes, they'll ask you, 
Have you ever uh, purchased anything online and not paid state sales tax on it? And you're supposed to put everything you bought from Amazon's before Amazon started collecting tax and all these other tax free websites. You got to list all the items and all the money that you spent. Everybody just put zero on there. So that is the Commerce Act. (laughs) Becky? I don't think I can compete with that one. (laughs) All right. So. Spend the money across state lines. Pretty much. So, 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 you know, you, you on the right track. So what the federal government did, the way they make this federal hate crime and a lot of other laws work or not work, but they are able to prosecute, to, to step in, take over and prosecute under a federal statute is by way of the Commerce Clause. Because what Congress did was say that if it affects interstate commerce, right? If it affects interstate commerce, we can jump in. So let me tell you how to get around this. And you know, lawyers are slick, boy. They really are. So if the implementation used in a hate crime, if you can show that it has been in interstate commerce, or it is a um, a vehicle of interstate commerce, you can be subjected to federal law. So, or if you can say that when you committed the crime that you committed, you stopped the victim from engaging in interstate commerce. So basically, if you pick somebody up, beat them up, put them in your car and drive them to a spot, you're subject to the federal law via the Commerce Clause because a car is an implement of interstate commerce, right? If you use a gun in a commission of crime, a gun, how you got that gun? Somebody had to ship it in, cross state lines. No, nah, I bought it from Academy right down the street. Yeah, but guess where Academy got it from? They oh. didn't. They didn't build it in the back of the of Academy's warehouse. Oh, that. It got shipped. Oh, It got shipped question. in in an eighteen wheeler from somewhere else and came to Academy. So, see how that works? It's an implement of interstate commerce, or it was in interstate commerce, and it was used in a commission of a crime. Commerce clause comes in. Federal government is able to take over. So that's how they got Jack Johnson and uh, what's your boy, um, Chuck Berry. Interstate commerce. Yeah, for taking white girls across <laughs> a state, state lines. Line. <laughs> Absolutely. That you know, ain't some ridiculous like shit. Like I said, jur- jurisdiction. How did the federal government get jurisdiction? See, and what's crazy, too, about those stories, at least, because I know these stories, Jack Johnson, former heavyweight mm-hmm. uh, champion mm-hmm. back in the early 1900s but um the places that they lived didn't necessarily have a problem with these men or chuck berry being with white women they on the face of it they had a problem with it they absolutely had a problem with it mm-hmm. of who these people were mm-hmm. and let, let me, let me set an example let me let me set this example well i'm talking about local the local mm-hmm. municipality mm-hmm. you look at uh what somebody like let's say a Drew Brees brings to New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Drew Brees can get away with a lot of shit just because of the amount of money he and interest he generates in the area. That's how Jack Johnson was. That's how Chuck Berry was. So it wasn't necessarily that those towns that they lived in was like, 
let's string these niggers up. But the federal government was like, let's string these niggers up. And it wasn't nothing nobody could do about it. Mm-hmm. So basically, that that's that is. But I highlighted that to show you how the federal government can basically take something over and the mechanisms that they use. Since we're talking about jurisdictions, and you know, when we're talking about hate crimes specifically, you know, as of this date, I think there's only something there's only 30 ish states that have hate crimes on the record on the books as law. So there's only 30 ish. So anytime somebody in a state that doesn't have a hate crime law is a victim of hate crime, the federal government is the one that has to pursue it. And I'm going to tell you who has to pursue it. I know this, the Department of Justice, DOJ. And so, let me tell you how I know that, though, because Obama would send the dogs out, be like, I, I, sick them. But Trump, it's like, stand back and, and stand, stand by. Down. Right. So the thing, I, and I said that to say that um, in those states where they don't have hate crime laws, if the federal government can't pursue cases, more often than not, you see people, you know, assault, get slapped on the wrist, you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature, because the law has to work within its laws of that state. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, jurisdiction is a big thing. It really is, because if I don't have power to hand down a judgment for something, you can get no relief. So, I mean, it is a cornerstone of the law, and I can't believe it took us this long to actually do a show about it. But, I mean, any that's, questions? That's because most niggas like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a... It, My only question goes back to earlier what? with the deadbeats and helping them man, not get no, served. Man, you stupid. Why would I once again why if you are a dead you? if you are a deadbeat, you need to step up. Why would I help you? But are you saying deadbeat shouldn't get the fair representation? Right. So <laughs> be represented. Show up in court, niggas. Show up. Nah, man. I'm tell you. I send my uh my doppelganger by proxy, whatever that is. Really? Your doppelganger by proxy. Yeah. Wow. Becky, any questions? You good? Because I got something for you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another week of Black Law and Legalized, but stay tuned because guess what? There's going to be another, another week of Black Law and Legalized. <laughs> and another, another week. My name and is another, Dan. another week. Keep up with me on Twitter and on IG at I am Dan on Drugs, the show, all platforms at Black Law Podcast, as well as YouTube. And please leave happy go lucky five star reviews Wait, for happy go lucky. Mm-hmm. Happy go lucky. I like that. Uh, Back- and you can leave reviews for me, Afro Becky. I'll get them one way or another. <laughs> she she will definitely see. It's Becky who they said was racist. Just to let y'all know what. Yeah, yeah. And they said they said you were were a raging racist. Mm-hmm. And this is Justan, and you can follow me at I Tell Legalize on Twitter. Please feedback.